Swift called The Film Grab Show, Madison Monroe with Film Grouch. Hello. Hello, hello. Wait, am I Madison Swift now? Um, yeah, I guess technically you are. Oh. You don't sound thrilled about it. No, that's just another name change I have to process. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so, we just saw that was Lego Movie 2, the second part, yesterday. Yes, we did. And what did we think of it? Um, first off, I enjoyed the first one better. But I thought this one was pretty good. Not as good as the first one, though. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I look at it kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy, where Guardians of the Galaxy was really good. It set the bar really high. And um, this sequel, you know, just like Guardians of the Galaxy, it has the universe that it that we know about now and it exists and then we have this these characters in that universe in a sequel where they can do a lot more interesting things with the characters and they do take some interesting choices with the characters that's for sure mm -hmm. um so if you watch the first one and i'm sure everybody has because it was an awesome movie and they talk about how awesome it was and amazing it was within this movie but um, if you watch the first one, you know how it ends with uh, Will Ferrell, the dad, basically saying, oh, well, if you can play with my Legos and mess them up, then I guess uh, your sister gets to play too. And then introduces... Wait, wait, wait. Let me interrupt. Your younger sister. A very younger sister. Yeah. Well, yeah. When I say what, what she plays with with him is the Lego Duplo. And if yes. And if you're familiar with Lego Duplo, that's the ones that are for basically toddlers because they are big and so they can't put them in their mouth and choke and die and all the horrible stuff. And happens. they're very cutesy. Yes, they're very cutesy and um, designed to, you know, with the big blocks and everything to get the kids' attention and give them uh, the good dexterity with their hands and all their stuff. Anyway, so you see them and they're like, we are from the planet Duplo and we're here to destroy you. And that's the way it ends. And then it picks up right, right from there. there. It, it really does. It picks up immediately where that left off but then it jumps ahead five years and they no longer live in bricksburg they now live in apocalypseburg and the reason is that anytime they make something colorful or nice the duplo invaders from another planet uh they destroy everything and it's kind of like when you think about it in the terms of the the kids in the real world the kid is making more, you know, stuff that the, his sister wouldn't necessarily even want to play with him because it's like all desolate and it looks like, you know, Mad Max. And there's a lot of Mad Max um, references actually mm -hmm. in this movie. So if you like Mad Max Fury Road, you're definitely going to like the uh, homages and things that they put in here because there's there's quite a few of them for sure. They, you, you kind of see that um, Lily, I think her name is Lily. Uh, Madison's going to check that right now. No one's cut this part out if it's terribly wrong. Bianca. No, not Bianca. Bianca's the sister. Oh. <laughs> I know because they show her room at one point in the movie. Who's Lily? Lily's Elizabeth Banks, right? No, Lucy. Lucy. Are you sure? I guess you're looking right at it. Yes. So yeah, you're, you're sure. <laughs> anyway, Lucy is like all broody and dark and she's like, I'm in this world and she's trying to 
kind of sounds like Batman, you know. And, oh, Batman's in here too, of course. He becomes kind of a major plot point, I guess, at, at, at a point. So, so then you have um, Emmy. Our hero. Our hero. And then you have Apocalypseburg. And again, five years have passed, and it's like a desolate wasteland. And everybody has changed, even Surfer Dude whatever his name was, Surfer Dave is now Chainsaw Dave. He's like, I'm Chainsaw Dave now. Like, I'm, uh, I gotta be dark and hard and everything. No, one person hasn't changed. Exactly. One person has not changed. Emmett. Emmett has not changed. He's the only one pretty much in all of Apocalypseburg from Bricksburg that hasn't changed at all. And, um, this is something that Lucy finds... Annoying. ...a problem because he's such an idealist. He's so you know, set in his ways that he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to admit that things are really bad right now. So she's just kind of like, God, I wish he would wake up and grow up and be like strong like everybody else. And, and all he wants to do is build her this nice house. With a toaster room. Yeah, with a toaster room. It's got all sorts of different rooms and things. And, um, but it's colorful. So of course, as soon as he builds it, the invaders from Duplo, who are now a little bit older, um, they they come with a, a messenger from the Sistar system, which you know obviously is his sister, mm -hmm. um, and uh, they come basically and say that they're going to force five of them to be invited to a matrimonial ceremony with Queen whatever wannabe mm -hmm. oh she's got a last name whatever wannabe that was it i'm gonna be or i can't remember what it was but it's it, it's more than that it's like whatever wannabe so that's kind of the main plot of what happens to get everything moving along now this is a kids movie but one of the other critics of sitting next to me was kind of like the kids are checking out. Like yeah. they, they didn't care. They were not into it no. at all in the beginning. At all. Not in the beginning. No. And they spent way too much time going, I'm brooding and I need to brood. They, they did like yeah. a five minute joke with that brooding thing with the coffee. And it's like coffee and brooding. And I was just like, yeah, God. And that was one of the things that I felt, again, I felt like 15 minutes could have been cut out of this movie because there was a lot of that kind of okay, you've gone too far, or gone too long, like uh, like an SNL skit where it just keeps going and it shouldn't. It's like, I get it, move on. Especially when you are you have an audience of children where you're supposed to be your main audience, you gotta, you know, move along, move along. But they, um, but they definitely um, mixed things up a little bit, I thought, because some other people thought that, well, it's the same thing, and I thought they went totally radical, actually, and it was more a, a movie for adults, I think, than kids. Yeah, it was more for adults than kids, because um, they they spent a lot of more time on adult themes, like weddings and things like that. Yeah, how many kids in there knew what matrimonial even meant? No, but I will say that a lot of times when kids play, they do play weddings. Mm-hmm. And, into, and going on into that, when they play weddings, there's going to be, obviously, a bride and a groom. Mm -hmm. So the groom is selected by... Oh, I forgot to mention who the messenger is, who the the herald, I guess you would say, of the queen is a general mayhem. 
and General Mayhem is this masked character that kind of is the general and like the you know the, the person that goes around and does all the bidding for the queen and so she brings the five people uh, unwillingly to the wedding which is in the again the Sistar system and mm -hmm. it's some weird planet I can't remember the name of it and they have a lot of weird planet names obviously and stuff like that and then the queen goes into this uh, really big elaborate number about how she's not evil and it's actually that's actually kind of a funny scene. She just keeps putting "un" in front of everything, like you know, I'm unevil, I'm unnasty, unnasty, unconniving. Like there was all these, <laughs> and then at one point, uh, Lu Lucy, by the way, is one of the only people. Oh yeah, and Lu I forgot that's a big part. That's a big part of it. Lucy is one of the five people that gets taken. Emmett doesn't get taken. Mm-hmm. So, okay, who gets taken is Lucy. Lucy. Batman. Batman. That astronaut guy that goes, Spaceship! Yeah. Unikitty. Yeah, Unikitty. And one more. The pirate. Oh, yeah. Just his head, though. Just the pirate's head. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, that sucks. He's like just a head. Mm -hmm. Although, if he's a wedding guest, he's easy to feed. You don't have to worry about him too much. Just like put him in a corner and keep him comfortable, right? Mm -hmm. So, anyway. Yeah, that's like a, a major thing. So, Emmett doesn't go with Lucy and the other four. So Lucy's like, kind of, what the hell is wrong with you? Because they're doing this crazy elaborate uh, introduction and the, the queen is singing how that she's not evil and they're giving her them all these like um, perks and she's like, we can do all this great stuff. And she's promising all these things because, um, you know, she's like, after, after the, the matrimonial ceremony, after the wedding, I don't even know if one, when they call it wedding. Like, I'm wondering like when the kids fi finally dawned on them what yeah. the hell was going on. But anyway, um, she's like, after the wedding, we'll have all this great stuff. You know, I'll be able to give you space. I'll be able to give the spaceship guy a planet of nothing but spaceships. I'll be able to give uh, Unikitty like a place that has more glitter that she can even possibly imagine. Um, you know, stuff like that. And I don't remember what the hell she tells the pirate. Oh, he has his own ship. It's a planet and also a ship. I actually thought that was cool. I like the glitter. You like the glitter. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. So, uh, what did they, oh, and then there was an interesting cameo at that moment that I, I maybe we shouldn't give away. TV dinner. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> so there was an interesting, uh, interesting cameo in that scene. Speaking of cameos, they actually made fun of the fact that they couldn't get some of the rights to some of the people that were in the first Lego movie. Mm -hmm. Oh, and how could I possibly forget this? This movie is a musical. Yeah, they broke out in song a lot. Not just Everything is Awesome, but other songs, too. Yes. they they, they had, And at one point they even said, oh, this is a musical, or oh, crap, here comes another song, or something to that something like that yeah but i looked on itunes last night and they don't have a soundtrack which is very bizarre so maybe that will change when the movie's actually released but yeah there's no soundtrack as of yet on itunes yeah i'm sure they will i mean that, speaking of the songs okay so some of the songs are better than the others obviously than better than others obviously um they do have the awesome song they have some interesting ways of incorporating that into the movie um and again, going on to the brooding thing, they must have said everything is not awesome about five hundred times. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And uh, what other songs they had? 
this song is going to get stuck inside your head or whatever. Yeah, and it does. It does, I guess, but I don't remember it. <laughs> so I guess it wasn't. That was pretty much the whole song. Yeah, and they used it to torture her. And that was the thing. So everybody else is kind of going along fine with all the little things that Queen, whatever wannabe, promises them. Except for Lucy. Lucy's like the only holdout. And then we find a major, huge reveal in the movie that, oh my god, Lucy dyes her hair. Yeah. Or something. I was yeah. like, okay. She doesn't want it to be pink and blue. She wants it to be black. Because yeah. she's so dark and edgy. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at home, uh, Emmett is trying to figure out how the hell to get to the wedding and get save Lucy. Because, you know, basically... And I remember thinking, well, they got invited to this wedding. That's the, the major invasion is that, oh, hey, we're, we're inviting you to a wedding. It's like, I've had worse, you know, invaders come and bother me or whatever. And like, oh, okay, you want me to come to the wedding? pirates? Oh, I don't know. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, if you want me to come to some wedding, that's much better than destroying everything all the time. So the wedding becomes like a, a, a way of, bringing everything together which is kind of like what weddings were in the feudal times and stuff like that so after the wedding everything will change but Emmett has warned Lucy about a dream that he had and she's not sure if it's a prophecy of course it's a prophecy she's not sure if it's a prophecy about our Armageddon yes and the and the storage yes the bin of storage yeah the bin of storage which I mean yeah, so you, uh, they, t oh, that's another thing. They do tie in the real world elements quite a bit more in this movie. Yeah. Because they revealed it in the first movie, and it makes sense that, you know, that you, you can't undo that, so they have to incorporate that in. And it does become a major theme for the movie. And, I mean, we can talk about this. It's very predictable that the the theme of the movie is that they want, to show that the brother and the, and the much younger sister should play together and, you know, play well together and all that stuff. And obviously you hear our mom again and you immediately think, okay, I get it. They're not playing well together. The mom's going to come in and put all their crap in the storage bin. And that's basically what the main plot of the movie is, is that they're mm -hmm. trying to avoid that happening. So Emmett is on his little mission to prevent our mom again. He doesn't really know what it is, obviously, but, um, because he's a Lego. He's a Lego, exactly. <laughs> Wait, he's a Lego? He doesn't have a mom. I thought he was Chris Pratt. No. Anyway, so on his way to the Sistar system, all hell breaks loose. And he starts to get into a situation in his ship where he's crashing into everything and he just can't fly. And then who comes to the rescue but Rex Danger Best. He's so awesome. He is awesome. I loved Rex Danger Vest. I gotta tell you, right before Rex Danger Vest got introduced to this movie, I was about ready to check out. I was like, this movie is terrible. But then they introduced Rex Danger Vest, and I was like, yes. Because he is like, basically Kurt Russell. <laughs> he's like Snake Pils Pliskin, Pilskin, whatever. And, you know, he's like this 80s badass who like kind of flies in. He's like, I'm a, I'm a dinosaur trainer. Uh, you know, archaeologist. Uh, a galaxy-defending archaeologist, cowboy, and raptor trainer. And also a script doctor. Don't forget that. That was later. Yeah, it was later. But he's all those things. Mm -hmm. And he saves Emmett from being crushed by meteors or whatever as he's trying to get to the Sistar system. 
So he basically helps Emmett come out of his shell and become more manly and gruff and, you know, ready to take on the battle that's about to happen and all this other stuff. So um, he has dinosaurs. All over a lot his of ship. dinosaurs. Yeah, because he's a dinosaur trainer. So he has, like, dinosaurs that, like, do everything for him. And I don't want to take your thunder. This is your favorite part. Yeah, that was my favorite part. They talked and you could see their subtitles and their subtitles were quite, quite funny. Yeah, their subtitles were pretty funny. I gotta give them that. I mean, for a kid's movie especially. <laughs> Some of them were, again, jokes that the kids will never get. But that's fine. So, yeah. So he's on this ship and he's got all the raptors and everything around him. And obviously, he's also... Chris Pratt is also the trainer in Jurassic World. So there's a lot of kind of inside jokes with that. He never, he never actually calls one of them Blue, though, which is kind of sad. He does call one of them Ripley and Connor... So I'm guessing John Connor from Terminator and then Ripley, obviously, from Aliens. And then there's the one, the other one. He's just like, and the other one. Like, he never remembers the name. Yeah. Um, so Rex Danger Vest, basically, they do, like, this training montage thing where he learns how to, you know, become, like, tougher. And, oh, and then we see there's, like, this, when they finally get to the Sistar system, they see Superman and Green Lantern. And, and all these iterations of Wonder Woman. Yeah, when we say all the iterations, we even mean the Duplo. It's weird. You see, like, uh, there's the new ones, and I don't, and, and they use these in the in the movie quite a bit. They're the I call them the the girl ones. The oh, Legos. Best friends. Best friends. That's yeah, it. like the, with the purple boxes. Yes. Yeah, they're really cute. They look like they're glittery and girly. Yeah, they're not like uh, you know. They're not like your typical Lego figure. And that's what General Mayhem is. She's one of these best friends. But they run into Superman and Green Lantern. And they're like living in like some weird little uh, like townhome kind of thing. And they're all covered with glitter. Yeah. And he's like, oh, the S stands for silly now. I'm silly man. And I was just like. Oh. And he was mowing his lawn and he was flying and mowing his lawn. I liked when they were mowing their lawns, though, because they showed, like, little Lego pieces. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> Where do they go, though? They don't go anywhere. But, yeah. like, they were all brainwashed and crazy. Yes, they were brainwashed. And then when you think about the brainwashing becomes a big element later on where, again, the only person who has not been successfully brainwashed is Lucy. So Lucy's trying to stop the wedding at all costs because she... She is convinced that, um, what was that? <laughs> that was my nose. That was a weird noise. It's whistling. Um, so she was convinced that the, the queen is evil because she's trying to convince everybody that she's definitely not evil. Okay, so then you have a, a oh, one of the better songs, I thought. I'm just not in the Gotham guys. Oh, yeah. So the queen is like trying to convince Batman, who is by oh like like whoops, but yeah, Batman is the one who she's trying to marry, to like you know solidify this. Yeah, not Benny the the astronaut. Sorry. Not Benny, no, or the head of pirate. <laughs> I can't remember his name now, but the pirate. Metal head, beard. Yeah. Metal beard. Yeah, that's it. Um, so she has this really elaborate plan to trick him into thinking that she's really into Superman, and so. It's pretty smart, actually, because at one point I even believed that she was really <laughs> trying to marry Superman, but she was really trying to marry Batman. Really, it doesn't matter who she marries because she's just trying to solidify the kingdoms or whatever, but with Batman, whatever, it's just a plot thing. So 
she has this really funny song about how she's just not into Gotham guys, and there's a lot of inside Goth guys. Gotham guys. Oh, Gotham it was Gotham? City. Yeah, Gotham City. Oh, okay. I don't date Gotham, or I'm not into Gotham City guys or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who who played her? I, I always get the names wrong. Tiffany Haddish. Tiffany Haddish, that's right. Not Taraji. No, not, not Taraji P. Henson. Well, they both start with T's. <clears throat> I get confused. So, Tiffany Haddish plays the queen. She does a pretty good job. The yeah. weird thing with the queen, though, is I couldn't visually get into her because she changes. She kept changing every three seconds. Yeah, she even made a joke about it in one of the songs. Like, I change every five seconds or something like that. So, she changes quite a bit. <laughs> and she's very blocky and not, like, your typical Legos, but that is explained at the end of the movie. So, all right, so now we have Rex Danger Vest, and he's running around with Emmett and they're trying to end the stop the wedding and he teaches Emmett this like power punch kind of move like where you mm -hmm. jump up in the air and you come down with your fist and just destroy everything it's like a superhero move right and remember Emmett has always been a master builder so there's interesting things going on like, yeah so he's teaching him to disassemble he's teaching him to destroy yeah mm -hmm. and they make a point about that about how and and they do make a point also about the you know when you become a man you 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 put away childish things and there's that element so of course as you can imagine um lucy when when they finally do uh when they finally do manage to uh find lucy emmett is a lot more rough around the edges and he's a little you know he's more like she wanted him to be but then it dawns on her that she really didn't want that she loved her emmett the way he was because he was this optimist this idealist who just wanted to make nice colorful shiny houses and that they could you know live in and always be like that but he's turned into this not a monster, that's not the, definitely not a monster, but he, he's turned into somebody that she never thought that he would become, right? Mm-hmm. She was trying to change him, and he was perfect just the way he was. He was perfect, huh? He was perfect just the way he was. So now we're going to get into some spoiler territory, I guess I would say. Okay. All right, so... Ultra Kitty... Yeah, Ultra Kitty. I'm looking at the we're we're looking at the um, Ultra Caddy actually. Unikitty oh. becomes Ultra Caddy. Uh, yeah, that was an interesting. We're, we're looking at the production notes now, and I'm thinking about for these newer movies. I think we should mention some of the stuff from the production notes. Um. So Ultra Caddy is almost like uh, like uh, what's his name from He Man? Battle Cat. Battle Cat. Yeah. So. <laughs> They keep trying to make sure that Unikitty gets pissed off enough to become Ultra Caddy, and they, they, you know, she's like a mount, basically. They can ride her around and everything like that. So and then she attacks. She attacks, yeah. Speaking of attacks, there was, um... I liked Ultra Caddy. Yeah, Ultra Caddy was, was interesting. It says here, Allison Bree says, She tries to stay positive and happy, but when someone crosses her, she unleashes a totally different cat if you know what I mean. So she has two sides to her personality, and in this sequel, we get to see a lot more of the second side. 
The cool thing about that is they can weaponize her. She can become a vehicle and she glitter flares, so she really thrives and excels in this post-apocalyptic world. Yes, because that's just what the post-apocalyptic world needs is glitter flares. Well, I mean... Ah! Yeah. Yeah. I mean, glitter flares are fun. That was the thing that kind of bothered me. And also, I was like, yeah, that's funny. Because every time the the boy would shoot weapons from his Legos at the the girl's Legos, you know, it was always like, oh, you didn't get me. Or, oh, you, you know, I, I have the force field. You know, it's just like typical when you're playing with your friends and they're always like when you're when you're a kid and they just constantly you know are impervious to everything you throw at them and you're just like whatever it's not fun it's not fun to play that way mm-hmm. so there's that element where there's and, and you can see like the little lego missiles and he's a uh, batman at one point he's just firing lego missiles like crazy and they just go ding 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 ding, ding and just keep hitting there and it's like whatever i don't care what did will Ar- arnett say about playing batman he said batman comes with a rich tradition oh i mean Batman comes with a rich tradition, and we try to adhere to that. But I put my own spin on it. As do Phil and Chris, our Batman takes himself so seriously that it's almost absurd. It's been so satisfying taking this iconic character and kind of bending the rules on him. I keep feeding Lego Batman real-life experiences to see how he deals with it, because he's so ill-equipped to handle relationship-based situations. And I'm excited for audiences to see where we'll take him in this movie. There are some big leaps and swings. You sounded just like him. Not really, but that's all right. If I rehearsed, I would have been able to do it better, but that's fine. I don't like to rehearse. Rehearsals are overrated. Ah, Queen Whatever Wannabe. Yeah. Huh. And that is spelled, I'm going to go ahead and spell it for people. That is W-A-T-E-V-R-A, and then the last name is W-A-N-A-B-I. Whatever Wannabe. She looks kind of like the trashy in Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. If you ask me. So that's why I was saying I couldn't visually get into... I, I just was like, ah, she's like... When she was garbage. singing her song, she reminded me of... Remember in Moana, that thing at the bottom of the sea that's supposedly... That fan fan theory is that it's um, Ursula's grandnephew or something. What? Grandson. The, the shiny thing at the bottom of the sea in Moana. The one that Jermaine... Clement plays? Yeah, that's what I was thinking of when she was singing her song. Oh, I think that I think that the tone might be similar now that I think about it. That's what it reminded me of when Maybe. she was singing her song. Yeah, shiny that one. Yeah. Yeah, so shiny. General Mayhem. That was played by Stephanie Beatriz. Oh, from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Which one is she? Diaz. Not the one that just left the show. <gasps> Spoiler alert. No. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, they must have they must have uh, threatened Gina leaving like six different times. I know. This time it was real. Yeah. Supposedly. No, the one that he's been friends with since kindergarten or whatever. Diaz, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Stephanie Beatrice. We saw her in some other movie where she played like this total happy mm. person, but... Oh, you got to look it up real quick, because we watched this movie, it was a while ago, and we were just like, wait, is that? Because we had no idea, because she's such a hard ass in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Pee-wee's Big Holiday? It might have been Pee-wee's Big Holiday. Yeah. That was probably it. With the root beer. Yeah. Root beer float candies. And the balloon. Yes. 
Oh, by the way, if you haven't seen that, you should check it out just because John Manganiello is really funny. In Joe Manganiello. Joe Manganiello. See, this is my this is my trademark. My trademark is always getting names wrong for actors. You're a movie reviewer. I don't care. Oh my god, that's what IMDb <laughs> is for. That's why I have you, Madison Swift, oh. my lovely wife. You tell me when I'm an idiot. <laughs> I just tell you the right thing. Yes. I help. You help. You help a lot. You help a, a lot, a lot. Behind the scenes, you people don't know how much she helps behind the scenes to I... make sure I don't sound like a complete moron. I help. Anyway, so just Stephanie Beatrice, uh, again, who is General Mayhem, who is the uh, the best friends Lego with the mask. Yes. She says, about Mayhem, she says, she's got on a superhero suit, she flies her own ship, and she dons that classic sci-fi movie voice-altering helmet. It's interesting, seeing, it's interesting to see a superhero imagine from what would likely be the eyes of a preteen kid and see what qualities are important to her. And what you see in Mayhem is strength and honesty, or at least someone who is trying to find her way toward honesty. Plus, she's second only to the Queen, so she has a lot of power. Hmm. So that was a bunch of nothing. But yeah. <laughs> so, but she says something that really irked me when she first introduces herself. She's like, "Oh yeah, so you did." She's talking to Lucy, and she's like, "So you did all the work, and you mm. saved, you, you know, you saved the universe and everything." And then the guy gets all the credit, meaning Emmett, like he's just some blithering idiot. I haven't watched the Lego Movie in a while, but I watched it like twenty times, and I don't remember Emmett being just like a complete putz. He no. gets involved. Yes. He does stuff. So to say that he's just, eh, I was just like, whatever. It's It was funny, though, so I didn't mind it. It wasn't accurate, though, I'd like to say. Mm -mm. So Rex Danger Vest. Uh, if I tell you about Rex Danger Vest, I have, to, I have to give away a major spoiler. Yeah, we don't want to do that. We don't? I don't want to do that. All right, we won't do that. I will tell you this, though. When I heard the voice, I was like, that really sounds like Kurt Russell, but it's not Kurt Russell. And you know how terrible I am at actors, so I was like, it's probably some actor like Michael Keaton or somebody. But no, mm. it is not. It is not. So, what else? Oh, there's some brick stats and fun facts. I like these. So the number of sugars Emmett takes in his coffee is... 25. 25 with just a touch of cream, right? That's an awful lot of sugar. How many how many sugars do you think uh, Lucy takes in her coffee? Obviously zero because yes. she likes it black because she's so broody. Yes, zero. Broody. Lucy takes her coffee black. Emmett Lucy's dream house has a TV room, trampoline room, fireman's pole, water slide, climbing bars, double decker porch swing, and a room just for eating waffles. That's the toast room. Yeah, the toast room. So this is Lego Batman's third time starring on the big screen, voiced by Will Arnett. So Batman previously appeared in the Lego movie and the Lego Batman movie, which I actually fell asleep watching. And yes, I never you did. fall asleep. I watched it. I stayed up. Yeah, you and Raphael watched that. And I was just like, new character Rex Danger Vest named himself in honor of Emmett because Emmett was his hero and always wears a vest. This is true. I can't mention that other fact because <laughs> that will give away a major spoiler. <laughs> The Lego Movie 2 marks the first time that Lego mini dolls appear in a theatrical film and the first time mini dolls appear in a film or video alongside Lego minifigures. That's interesting. Oh, those are the best friends. I was about to say, what the hell is a mini doll? So, okay. Best friends. Okay. 
Yeah, you know, they look more refined and everything. Uh, it says, in 1997, writer-producers Phil Lord and Christopher Miller met with director Mike Mitchell when they moved into an office he had just vacated. When Mitchell returned to collect some of his things, which Phil recalls as being a boombox and a Hank Williams CD, they started talking and discovered how much they had in common creatively. Hmm. Well, apparently, Stephanie Beatriz, General Mayhem, has a tiny scar on her eyebrow from falling in her room as a child to avoid stepping on a Lego environment she had built on the floor. Hey, well, that's respect. Looky there. That's respect right there. She was about to crush her Lego, and she's like, nope, I'm in the floor. Ow. <laughs> hey, that's awesome. The new movie's collection of songs include two different versions of the original hit, Everything is Awesome. We talked about that. Oh, the shape-shifting queen, Whatever Went On to Be, Changes into 40 distinctly different books. Yeah. Oh, I guess it's not best friends. It's just friends. According to Lego Shop. Friends. Yeah, they had something else where they said this movie was sponsored by Lego Construction Bricks or something. And then it said Lego A-S and all this. I was like, whatever. Yeah. Oh, that was another thing. Hmm. When they were building stuff and they would build something, they would show the part number when they had a piece. Yeah. That was cool. I don't remember them doing that in the first one. Yeah, I think did they? Did they did that in the first one, yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. That was funny. Yeah, they definitely did that. If they didn't do it in the first one, they might have done it in the, in the game. Because I played the game. Oh, I never played the game. And I know they did it in the game. So how many, without looking, you can't read it. I'm not looking. Anyway. Yes, I can. Oh, you can? Okay. So the, how many total number of unique characters do you think they had in the film? 10,000? Oh, God, no. <laughs> That's way high. <laughs> It's high. 4,000? It's higher than I thought. It's not in the thousands. Oh, okay. 700? It's 523. And that's a lot. I mean, you consider, you know, somebody's whatever, putting those in there. And the unique Lego brick types used in the film, there are 3,433. Unique Lego mo uh, models used to create the film, 6,530. Oh, the biggest Lego character, obviously. Metal Beard. 251. Uh, that's the large number of bricks, I mean. Man, there's a lot of cool facts on this. The biggest single Lego model was Mega Bash. What's Mega Bash? Approximately 9 feet by 9 feet by 18. Balthazar. Oh, I totally forgot about Balthazar. So we started watching the... The <laughs> IT crowd. Not the IT crowd. <laughs> a little bit of a segue, but I didn't want to watch this show... On Netflix because I thought it was about fashion and it's called the it crowd but no it's actually the IT crowd and I guess one of the people at work was telling uh, Madison hey you'll really like this show and so we started watching it so two people from the IT crowd are in this movie mm -hmm. there's the ice cream cone yes and there is Balthazar and they're yes. both in the IT crowd so if you're an IT crowd yeah. fan see if you can you know or I just told you who they are but yeah yeah um the banana peel. So over that joke. Yeah, he kept falling. Who played the banana peel? So over that Ben joke. Schwartz. Oh, he was on Parks and Recreation. Ah. Maybe one of Chris Pratt's friends. He's like, I'll do anything. Oh, you gotta be a banana. I'll just be a banana that falls. <laughs> I don't care. I would do it. I'd do it in a heartbeat. Are you kidding me? To be a part of any of one of these kind of movies, that'd be awesome. Things are not awesome. Oh, I can't. I know. Sorry. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, the largest brick explosion in the film. 1.5 million bricks. That's what? a lot of bricks. Oh, here's a fun one. 
What's the height of Queen of the Queen's giant cake? The big cake that they make. Twelve feet. Very. Yeah. If you look, eleven point seven feet. That's perfect. Dang. So we just got married. Our cake was definitely not eleven feet. No. But that's if somebody came insane. along and smashed it, I would have. I would have smashed them. <laughs> you notice how all of our desserts were in the corner where nobody could. Oh, because you watched that movie. Yeah, they... I watched that terrible movie where they put the cake in the middle of the floor. Was that table nineteen? Yes. Yeah, table nineteen. <laughs> what they did to that cake was a shame. Yes. So that's like some pretty cool facts I think you guys would enjoy there. Um, all right, so I guess we're not going to give away the major spoiler, but mm -mm. It, it is revealed that the um, the wedding is an attempt from the sister in, in the real world to say, look, I just want to play with you. you yeah. Know, like, and, and you... you if you have siblings, you'll get it. Yeah, it was sentimental. I liked it. Even though I knew, like, what was coming the whole time, pretty much. Um, it was still, it was, it was good. It was an endearing reminder that, you know, it's, what, I guess it's okay to play with your sister? I don't know. Was, some of the things that I thought were interesting, though, is, like, the whole Emmett, and that was a major point that we can't get into too much, but, like, Emmett, like... Becoming more masculine, I almost feel. I, I don't want to get into the politics of it too much, but... He was a master builder, though. He was plenty masculine. But, I mean, like, he was, like, really gruff and everything, you know, when, when he was hanging out with, with Rex Dangervest and trying to be more like Rex Dangervest. Those qualities that he needed to have, he didn't really have them until Rex helped him develop them i guess you would say mm -hmm. you know sometimes you need somebody that can smash things i guess is what i'm trying to say I, I don't know if that was what they were going for that's what i kind of got out of it that that he needed to have like both the creator and the destroyer so just mm. you know like that duality of man kind of thing or something I, mm -hmm. i'm probably reading into it quite a bit because <laughs> i like to do that when i'm watching a movie that's for kids i like to get really deep because it's like what are, what's the subcon like what's the subtext what are you trying to tell me besides the obvious stuff what's, what's going on behind the scene all right so we've talked pretty much about all the stuff that we can talk about without giving away major stuff so we're not going to do that um i would say this again i really like this movie i did hear one of the other critics talking to the publicist at the end and saying it's basically the same thing as the other one and i'm like no it's not it's no. nothing like the first one. It wasn't. It's nothing like it. Will Ferrell is in this for about four seconds. Like, you actually hear his voice a few You hear times. his voice. You don't see him except in flashbacks from the first one. Right. And so then, he had no new footage. Well, I, I, except for when he's like, oh, I'm going to go play golf now. Bye. <laughs> like, when, when everything is falling apart. <laughs> but that was his little minifig. That wasn't him in real life. No, no, no. You never see Will Ferrell in real life yeah. in this one at all. No. So, um... You see Maya Rudolph, though. Do you see... Well... Okay, I guess that's not a spoiler. Yeah, you see Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph plays the mom. Yeah. Um, and at the end, at the end credits, they do a funny tribute to all the different uh, actors. And there's definitely... Oh, the credit song. The credit song is great. Yeah. Um, I think It's all about is, credits. I think that's Andy Samberg and his... Uh, I think it's The Lonely Island again. Yeah, The Lonely Island. Because he's like, oh, it's the credits. It's the best part of the film. And he, like, he goes into like... Yeah. <laughs> he's like, everybody's going to know that guy's name now. <laughs> yeah. 
oh look it's art director about whatever it's funny it's 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 i think like anybody that's ever had to work on credits will will put that in their playlist for sure and be like yes thank you some respect for credits it's a pain in the ass it is a pain in the ass so yeah I, again i really enjoyed this one it was not as good as the first one the first one blew me away i was shocked by it was unique it very was, unique yeah it was unique and again just like guardians of the galaxy and i was telling my friends about this one when we watched the the sequel you actually like guardians of the galaxy 2 better than the first one i do right i like the first one better but now that the universe is established it's it's more of a challenge for the writers because when they're building the universe, that's actually the easy part. Now you have the universe, now you better say something interesting about these characters. Otherwise, they're just, you know. It's the same thing over and over. Right, it's the same thing. Which is what that critic was saying. And what's the point? Yeah, he was like, Miami Herald or something. Something has to happen, otherwise there's no point in making a movie. Fake news guy. Yeah. Well, ew. So, I disagree with that guy. I, think I do that, too. I think that they started off with the entire Lego world is an apocalyptic wasteland <laughs> yeah and remember in the first movie the dad wouldn't let the kids even touch the legos because yes. he had them glued together he was gonna glue them together that was his yeah he was that was gonna be the, the crackle the, yeah yeah he was gonna glue everything together so they wouldn't it was be able the to... opposite of a, a brickopolis or whatever it was apocalypse apocalypseburg yeah because yeah, bricksburg was where they were before yeah so it's a completely different world so i yeah. totally disagree with that guy also the Duplo and the best friends or whatever they yeah. are, the dolls, they were all in there. Yeah. Oh, can we talk about how dark it was? The little weapons that they were using? Those stars yes. and parts? Yes. Oh, the pain is terrible. Yes. I'm getting cold. Yes. <laughs> so they keep throwing these little these little hearts, hearts and stars if you've ever they read so cute. Yeah, if you've ever read Robert Heinlein's Starship Troopers, read it. If you've ever read the book. There's these devices that the skinnies use, and they're called, they're they're or they're not they're they're the ones that they use against the skinnies, and they're, it's a bomb and it's like a grenade and it's like I'm a thirty second bomb and it counts down and it goes, I'm a thirty second bomb I'm a twenty nine second bomb I'm a twenty like it counts down and it like taunts you before it kills you, and I just kept thinking about that with these little stars like, hello, boom. <laughs> They would say something like cutesy. I love you. Boom. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I thought, kind of funny. But also, I kept thinking, of, again, the, the Heinlein stuff. I kept thinking of, like, the, oh, that's horrifying. Like, if you actually die that way, that'd be a horrible way to die, man. Yeah. Or maybe not. Maybe it's like, eh, you're going to die. You get a nice little send-off from a little, you know, cutesy heart that's like, I love you. Boom. You're great. Boom. And the, the, um, the stars... So they had the hearts and they had the stars. Um, yeah. So who who stole the movie? Like, if you had to say, like, whose movie was this? Like, this is definitely this actor's movie. I don't know. Or I guess we can't talk about it. I think the character that stole the movie for me was Rex Danger Vest. Yeah, it would either be him or the Queen. Yeah, it was his movie or the Queen's movie, yeah. Definitely. So would you recommend... Well, okay... Would you recommend people see this one? Yeah, if you enjoyed the first Lego movie, you'll probably enjoy this one. And if you like Legos, you'll definitely like this one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's kind of a no-brainer. Well, I shouldn't say that because, again, I didn't like the Lego Batman movie. I just was kind of bored with it. I don't know. 
Yeah, but I, I, I'm just a big Chris Pratt fan. And after Guardians, I wanted to watch everything he was in and everything. Even though I didn't watch the last uh, Jurassic World. I haven't seen that one yet, but I will. Yeah, um, we somehow missed that one last year. Yeah, it just... Yeah. It's like, how many times can you tell scientists, stop making cloned dinosaurs, you complete shitbags? <laughs> and now apparently they're doing that. Oh my gosh, has nobody seen these movies? <laughs> Literally every movie is, is a warning to not make them, and yet they keep doing it. Or they're going to do it. It's, it's insane. Yeah. Sometimes filmmakers are, are doing, you know... They're, they're sending you a message telling you don't. Uh, so, yeah, I like the music and everything. Um, I didn't find any of the songs stupid or out of place. Like, sometimes you're watching a movie and uh, there's got a bunch, of, a bunch of songs in it and you're just like, why another song? But they made fun of that, so I like that. I liked most of the characters, with the exception of Banana Guy, Banana Peel. I just felt it was a joke that went on way too long. Mm -hmm. um i like the the effects were really good everything was pretty seamless i you know i was totally able to immerse myself even though mm. oh my god this was the worst screening we've ever been to there were kids in the, in the row behind us and we were in the press section and then there's like a like a little uh like a, a gap and then there's the first row that's for the we call them the dregs and uh man this one row in the front there was not one parent there was about 12 kids and i'm not exaggerating they were just like they were in a romper room they were screaming running around it was terrible at one point one of the kids said this is hurting my ears and i went good <laughs> <laughs> speaking of that there was a lot of bass in this there was a lot of bass music and noises and things and i i even felt like wow that's kind of painful but whatever it's a movie that happens um but yeah this was uh this was a good this was a good movie i would definitely recommend it to parents but however be advised that it is slow in parts and your kids are probably going to get bored in certain parts yeah so Make sure they're not little shits, please. Yeah. I mean, can I just home. say there was one woman in the press section next to me with her little boy. He was probably maybe five. Mm. He was perfect. I didn't see him move once. <laughs> he didn't make a noise. Nothing. So. Well, you know, the press, we beat our children. No, we don't. To make sure that they behave when they're in the press section. If he was bored, he hit it very well. So not all children were terrible. No, I'm not saying all. Definitely. And I have no idea who these people were. I'm just pointing out that not all the children that were there were terrible. Yeah, I didn't even see any parents with them. Yeah, so I don't know. I'd say go see the second one, but keep your expectations. See this, you know, this movie, but keep your expectations a lot lower than the first one. That's funny because the first one I had my expectations pretty low, and I was blown away. Mm -hmm. And this one I had my expectations pretty high, and I was kind of like, mm, yeah, it wasn't terrible. But it's definitely not going to blast the box office like the first one did and just leave a, a major mark or anything and I, I don't want to be cruel and say that it could go it have gone right to to DVD or Blu-ray or whatever the hell the term is now these days but there's a lot of these kind of movies where they make a sequel and it goes right to 
right to the home. Yeah. They don't even bother. Right to digital. Especially kids' movies. So I don't feel like this one is in that category, but it was close. Mm-hmm. Except for Rex Danger Vest. Rex Danger Vest saved this movie. All right, we get it. You're in love with Rex Danger Vest. <laughs> I want a Rex Gosh. Danger Vest for Christmas. <sighs> I'm only kidding. So, yeah, I'm just saying, I thought it was cool. I, I liked his character. Oh, they had a little nod to one of your favorite movies of all time. Yes. Can I say it? Yeah, go ahead. Back to the Future. There is a DeLorean and Doc Brown. Yes, and there was a time-traveling element to this movie, and that's all we'll say about that. Yeah. All right, so we thank you very much. Uh, everybody else is watching The Superb Owl, and we are recording our podcast for you. Because we're so dedicated. Because we love our fans. We love you. We, we love you. Boom! <laughs> the end. The end, yeah. So go ahead and like this comment subscribe tell your friends tell your friends and always as always rate us high 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 you guys have yourselves a wonderful rest of whatever you're doing today bye